Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice podcast show. I am your host, Nana Bonsu. I am the president and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated, which is a business advisory firm helping business owners increase the value of their business without them having to work more than 40 hours a week. Our website is www.infhorizons.com. You can check it out and learn more about what we do. Today and this week, we are going to be talking about a, spe- a special valuation method for your business. And some call it uh, replacement income replacement or retirement income replacement. But my guest and his firm, they like to refer to it as income replacement value. And he's a renowned speaker, very well accomplished and very popular speaker at uh, most of our uh, advisory uh, conferences. My guest today is Brian Trzyski. Brian is the Director of Business Market Development at Massachusetts Life Insurance Company, also known as Mass Mutual. When he's not advising clients about how to increase the value of their business and how to protect their income during retirement, he also coaches AAU basketball. He's a certified personal fitness trainer and also a certified exit planning advisor. So quite an accomplished person. And I'm looking forward to having Brian on my show. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It's great to be here. Great. So I wanted to kick off income replacement uh, value method and evaluation and why it's so critical to the business owner. And I know you're very passionate about this topic. So that seems to me to be like the starting point before we even start talking about the business value. The business owner needs to know what your replacement income is. So could you you kind of explain to us and our audience what the concept of income replacement value is and why it's so critical. Sure thing. So income replacement value is, is all about what the business owner needs the business to be worth in order to maintain the current lifestyle that they've built for themselves when they exit the business and retire. And unfortunately, a lot of business owners don't know what that number is. You know, they, they pull salary and bonus and income and all sorts of benefits through the business and they don't think about a point in time in the future when, when the business is no longer there to afford all of that. You know, where is that income going to come from? And I think it's also important to note that income replacement value is not a value that any acquirer would ever pay for a business. You know, we can't put our businesses up for sale at the income replacement value. But what business owners need to do is they need to understand what that number is um, compared to what the business is actually worth. And oftentimes there is a gap between the two. And then the business owner has to put forth strategies to make up that gap, whether it's to grow the value of the business, whether it's to build assets outside the business, whatever that is, because you know most business owners do want to maintain that, that lifestyle they've built today, even after they've exited. Great. So you actually make a distinction. So before we go into just how it's calculated and all of that, you actually uh, make a distinction between um, not just knowing the the value your income replacement value but actually understanding what that's about can you tell us that semantic difference yeah yeah so knowing the value of the business is having a number and there's any number of tools and there's any number of of, of professionals out there that can give a business owner what their current value is what understanding the value gets into is knowing what's driving that number which allows the business owner to take ownership of that number so it's not just about having a value It's about knowing what value drivers are either enhancing the value or depressing the value. So the business owner can really look inside the business and make some, you know, some strategic decisions about maybe different levers they want to pull inside the business to grow it. 
you know, perhaps maybe they, they need to improve their sales and marketing. You know, maybe, maybe they've got some operational deficiencies in the business. Whatever it is, it's understanding uh, why that number is. Because just having a number is fine. And, and it's good for point in time planning, like funding a buy-sell agreement or something like that. But if a business owner really wants to build a strategy for what life is going to look like financially when they exit their business, they really need to understand what's driving that number and how they can how they can influence that number um, as they go on that glide path toward um, you know selling the business or transitioning the business and ultimately being able to continue that lifestyle when they exit. Okay, so I'm going to pivot a bit. So, can we talk about how is the income replacement value calculated? Yeah, so it's a pretty simple calculation. Really what a business owner needs to do is take a look at all of the benefits uh, that they're deriving from the business. So that includes things like salary. That includes things like their, any bonuses they're paying themselves. It also include, includes things like um, you know, any car, travel, or meals, entertainment, things that they're running through the business. Perhaps they've also established a separate, uh, maybe perhaps an LLC uh, for their building and they're charging themselves back rent. Um, it could be things like health insurance and life insurance that the business is paying for on behalf of the, of the business owner. And adding up all of those benefits, because that's really the true compensation that they're pulling from the business on an annual basis. And the good news is, is the business owner's tax returns um, do provide insight into what all those, all those benefits are. So it's a matter of adding up all of those benefits and then applying a reasonable withdrawal rate. And typically, um, we say between three and five percent is really where you want to be with that withdrawal rate, um, and that's going to give you what the um, what the income replacement value of the business is. And what we see oftentimes is that number is is higher <laughs> than what the business owner thinks the business is or what it actually is valued at. Um, so really, the next step in that process is to say, okay, and I'm making this up, Nana, but you know, let's say you have a ten million dollar income replacement value, but a seven million dollar business. You know, where's that $3 million going to come from? And business owners have to make some hard decisions, right? They can, mm -hmm. as I said earlier, they can make the decision to grow the value of the business. And that could be possible. There could be enough uh, value to extract in a growth strategy. They could uh, embark on a plan to grow other assets outside the business, uh, you know, uh, qualified plans, other investments, real estate, things of that nature. Or they can decide uh, to lower their lifestyle, <laughs> you know, and, and, and oftentimes we find that that's not an option, right? So it's either going to be option one or option number two. Right. Um, but having that information is really valuable to do that effective um, and strategic retirement and, and exit planning that, that we know business owners need to do. Great. So um, the, there's, there's a couple of ways to think about this. One is you can reduce your lifestyle now or you can reduce your lifestyle later, right? So um, the, the, and maybe you don't have to do either if so long as you, know, you plan and you work with your wealth management advisor um, to you know, at least work out your income replacement value. And then, you know, and then of course you can seek out other advisors to work on other components that will increase the value of your business and other parts of, of your life. Um, the, the one thing that I was um, curious about is usually I wanted to talk a little bit more about the, 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 the benefit part, because I think a lot of times, you know, we all don't kind of think about it too much, right? Because so what you're saying is that if, a, if an owner is drawing, say, $200,000 out of their business, Right, 
when they go through and they use the 1120 IRS 1120 form, they're going to th- see things like profit sharing and health ben- and the benefits and vacation, all these things that they run through the business. That may double it to 400. So, so now they have to think about how they're going to replace the 400,000, not just the 200,000. Yeah. And, 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 and you're right. You know, a, a business owner that's pulling a $200,000 salary could be pulling, you know, down $400,000 in salary and additional benefits. And it even, it even goes beyond something like that. And sometimes it's even a simple, you know, I know, I got to I know a story of a business owner who, um, you know, they ran, they ran a lot of their business expenses through uh, a personal credit card that they had. And, um, and that credit card earned points, cash back type, you know, benefits, and that funded the family vacation every year. So what happens when the business owner can no longer, you know, run business expenses on their credit card? Well, now they've got to pay for their own vacations, right? They can't rely right. on, you know, on things like that. So, I mean, it, it, it really, it really requires that the business owner look at all aspects of their financial life and, and, and really determine, you know, what is the business providing um, mm-hmm. and, and figure out, you know, that, when the business isn't there anymore, though, you know, if you want to continue to do those things, take vacations, you know, have vacation homes, um, not, you know, not to mention the, the, the salary and, and insurance, insurances, health insurance, those kind of things, you know, where is that, how's that going to be paid for on an annual basis? And I, I think a lot of business owners overestimate the role that the business is going to play mm-hmm. in, in continuing to provide that. You know, especially in family-owned businesses, you know, we hear, we hear a lot of stories of family-owned businesses saying, well, I'm just going to stay on the payroll, right? The business will just continue to pay me um, a salary of some kind or a stipend of some kind. Um, and that may or may not be in the best interest of the, of the business. You know, oftentimes right. business owners also feel that when the time comes to sell the business, you know, buyers are going to, you know, come, come barrel, barreling down their door to make them all these wonderful offers. And, and that's not always the reality. So, you know, business owners just have to really think long and hard about, um, you know, what their retirement financial picture is going to look like. And the earlier they start planning for that, the better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's an, uh, an incredible advice um, that uh, we all need to follow. Now, you, your company did a 2018 uh, business owners perspective survey, and I've quoted from it a couple of times on this show, actually. Um, and a couple of things that, you know, kind of stand out, a couple of statistics that stand out. One is that, um, so the reason why the income replacement value is so critical, as you mentioned, is that becomes the reference point, right? Now it's just like, okay, there's combined, how do you fund that, you know, that retirement? And you have like a pie chart and it, you, there are many sources, right? Whether it's social security or whether it's the business income and among other things. And 26% of them um, said, hey, it's going to come from the business in some form, right? Half of them say uh, outright seal of the business and half are saying, um, some kind of business and some kind of income coming out of the business, some kind of income stream. However, um, however, the a lot of times the business value don't match up with the or fall short of the income replacement to fund their lifestyle. And to top it off, seventy five percent of these owners have less than five hundred thousand um, dollars saved in their retirement plan that's outside of their business. So. If you need ten thousand, I mean ten million dollars. That's the example that you gave. That's just just for the purposes of conversation. If your income replacement value to support your retirement, because the average the average length of retirement is about eighteen years, right? Based on I believe Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, you know, gave that number. And and you know, 
you need that and you only have $500,000. Now, you may be spending, even though the average, you know, and the thing about averages is that some may be high, some can be low. If you're spending, if you spend like $200,000 a year, right, and you have a lifespan of say 18 years, that's that's not going to cut it, right? So especially if, if you're a couple, you're probably spending you know, more than that. So so the, the question then becomes, how does that restrict the, the, the exit options, right? Because the owner is thinking of 26% are saying that it's going to come from their business in some form, whether outright sale or, um, or like, you know, income from it. But that means that they will need to be able to exit out of it. But you have like a certain uh, metric that shows that only a quarter able to exit outright and some of them have to hang on forever. So they may be disappointed in terms of what you think retirement is going to look like and what the reality may actually be. Yeah, you touched on something very important there that I think we should we should drill down a little bit on is is the correlation between chosen exit strategy and future income needs, right? Because I think a lot of business owners don't either understand or don't consider, you know, how their chosen exit strategy is going to impact that, right? So, you know, and this is kind of a exaggerated example, but you know, if you've got a business owner that that is really going to be dependent on the business to fund that retirement. And their exit strategy is to gift the business to their children, but we've got to disconnect it. <laughs> you know, so we, you know, it's and that, that and that's where we end up seeing business owners staying on the payroll, right? Because they they need that they need that continued income. And then likewise, if you've got a business owner that he says, you know what, my my, you know, I want to sell this business to a third party, you know, at some point in time, I'm gonna put it up, I'm gonna put it up for sale. Well, now we have to have a conversation around is your business transferable? You know, because the the exit planning institute will say that, you know, 80% of businesses that go for sale never actually sell. You know, so how do you ensure that you're one of those businesses that when you are ready to transact, you're, um, you know, you have appeal to acquirers and acquirers are, you know, there is something for them to, to purchase. And, and that kind of gets back to that whole understanding the value, right? This all, this, all this stuff is interrelated, man. It's all interrelated because if you understand the value of your business, you're going to understand the, the, the areas of your business that are going to be attractive to acquirers and those that are not. So if your goal is to sell the business, now you know which areas of your business you have to improve um, to make it a transferable asset. You know, a business, a business that is reliant solely on the owner to do everything in the business is not a business that can sell. There's, not, there's, there's no, nothing there. Whereas a business that has a strong management team, has strong key employees, um, you know, that's, that's going to be attractive to, to acquirers. So it's, it's the exit strategy has to play into this, this, this analysis and this conversation because the two are so interrelated. Um, how often um, should they be looking at their uh, income replacement value? I mean, we, we, no, we, we recommend any document, any value you know, agreement that you have in place. These things should be looked at at least every three years. And I, and I would say income replacement is probably no different. Um, you know, annually is always better. Um, but at least if we can do this every three years, um, I think, you know, that'll keep the business owner up to date with what they need to do. Um, because remember, and what, and what we haven't talked about yet at all on this podcast is what happens if the exit happens unexpectedly, mm -hmm. right? So now we're not worried about replacing the, the income in retirement. You know, we're worried about replacing the income to family, God forbid there's a death or a disability of some sort. Um, and there are certain ways that, that we can help de-risk a business in those areas. And I know we're going to talk about that in a future podcast, which I'm happy to, to share insight there. 
But if you're not updating these agreements, if you're not updating these valuations, et cetera, you know, at least every three years, you know, you leave your business and your family exposed should something unexpected happen. How is, um, how does the, so the, we have the income replacement value. So now I know that, um, I know um, that, and you know, this is how much money I need for, let's just say my business to be worth, because for the most part, you know, most business owners, um, I think, I don't know if it was Mass Mutual or if it was uh, Extra Planning Institute that said that about 80% of, at least I guess it's in most financial planning uh, surveys, about 80% of business owners have their wealth, you know, most of their wealth tied into their business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so, you know, if, if you have that much, you know, value, um, that much money that you need to fund your, your business to be worth to fund your retirement, and you find out that, and then of course, a lot of times the business is also, um, the valuation method for the business usually uses a different method. Like a, let's just say a market valuation method where you look at the multiple or the, how many times you want to go above the profit or the revenue or the, um, you know, the discretionary income to, um, for the business to be worth. So, so, the long and short of it is you have certain things that are within the owner's control and certain things that are outside the owner's control, right? Things like if you have whatever industry they're in, if you're in manufacturing, you may be between three to seven times multiple, that kind of thing. So can you tell us just how, you know, because some one of the other things, reasons why knowing your, uh, because it, it sets up for a factual conversation with your advisor or advisors, Right. Knowing, so you know, we talked about how you calculate your your um, income replacement value, um, and now you found out what your business is worth, and you realize there's a gap. Um, how do you go about, you know, pursuing that conversation, and how soon should that conversation, uh, you know, start? How critical is it? Because a lot of times, you know, owners are focused, quote unquote, too busy, or don't have the feel like they don't have the time or they don't have the resources to, to do it. And I would imagine your recommendation is you cannot not afford to have that conversation like right now. Yeah, all business owners have to, they come to a fork in the road and, 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 and the earlier they could make this decision, honestly, as you mentioned, the better. They have to make the decision longer term. Does it make sense for me as the owner to keep this business and grow it? Or does it make sense for me to leave this business and work towards whatever my chosen exit strategy is, right? We, we call this the keep or leave decision that business owners have to have. And if the, if the decision is to keep the business, well, that implies that the business owner is staying in the business because they're committed to growing the value of the business. Mm-hmm. And they're going to invest time, resources, and money in doing whatever it takes to increase that value. So if there is that retirement income gap, then that's probably going to be a big chunk of how they make up the gap, right? They're committed. They still have the fire in the belly. They still have the strong desire to, to run this business, grow this business. And they're committed to, to making up as much of the gap as they can. There's a, as you mentioned, there's, every industry has a, has a ceiling, right? You're, you can't exponentially increase the value of your business you know, <laughs> you know, right. as high as you want. There is, there is a ceiling. Right. But at least they're committed to, to maximizing the value as much as they can in their given industry. If the decision is to leave the business and, and, and for whatever reason, you know, maybe the, they, they, you know, they want to transition it. Maybe they don't, don't have that fire in the bell anymore. And they're just, you know what? I just, I just, I want to get out. I've done all I can in this business. I want to work towards whatever my second act plan is in my life. 
then that's a much different conversation, right? Because they're not committed to growing the value of the business. You know, they need to choose an exit strategy that's going to make the most sense for them financially, as well as for the continuity of the business. They probably want to start making up that gap if there is one by growing assets outside the business. In other words, you know, not reinvesting all of their profit back into the business, but perhaps putting it into things like qualified plans, non-qualified plans, uh, other assets outside the business, and choosing an exit strategy that's going to allow them to monetize that business the best way they can when they exit. So as soon as a bit, the, 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 that's really the first conversation a business owner has to have with their with their professionals is. What's the longer term strategy? And by longer term, you know, I mean like five to seven years. Is it to keep it and grow it or is it to leave it and exit it? And then from there, the professional can work with them um, in, in putting together the appropriate plan to accomplish whichever goal they choose. Yeah. And five to seven years you know, makes sense because these days, it seems like every decade there's some kind of major global issue happening. And, and so, you, you know, if you're not thinking about it already, you don't want to wait for the next um, you know, pandemic or some other global crisis to happen that could you know, put a dent. Change everything. Like it'll, change, it'll, it'll change everything. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, why do you think, because in that um, 2018 mass uh, mutual uh, business perspective study, I think a quarter or something like a quarter of the business owners like did their own valuation or did their partners did it. Why do you um, discourage that? Or do you think, you know, because, you know, there are some reasons, obvious objectivity and those other things. What are some of the reasons why, you know, is you know, business owners can be comp- complacent, but instead reach out to a financial advisor to actually help them work through the income. I mean, they can get a tool, but actually understanding what's behind it and, and, and ideas around strategies to handle it requires that of the uh, professional advisor. Yeah, that, that's accurate. According to our mass mutual study, um, one out of every four business owners say they value their business themselves. Um, and that, that's problematic for, for a couple of different reasons. Um, number one is, you know, obviously the business owner is going to have their own perceived value based off of, you know, their own sweat equity, you know, their own love for the business. It's a very emotional valuation that they're gonna that they're gonna put on there. But but more but more importantly, um, is eighty percent of a business's value is tied to intangible assets. Right? It's not it's not tied to the plant, the property, the equipment, the hard assets, the computers, the tech. You know, that's not where most of the value lies. It lies in those intangibles. And I'm going to give credit to my friends at the Exit Planning Institute um, because they lump those intangible assets into what they call the four capitals. Um, you know, their social capital, that's the brand and their reputation. Um, their customer capital, that's the, um, you know, the, the stickiness of their of their customers their likelihood to refer new customers and their, you know, their re- likelihood to bring reoccurring revenue. Um, it, the other capital is their structural capital, right? That's all the documentation, the standard work, the trademarks, the patents, all the things that are documented that, that make that business unique, right? So that if someone were to come in and take over the business, they can hand that document over to somebody and they would know exactly what the secret sauce is in that business. Um, and then, the, and then the last capital is their is their employees, right? That's the people who work for the business, you know, team in place. So they have key employees. So eighty percent of a business's value, and and oftentimes that's referred to as goodwill, right? When you talk to a credential advisor, they'll call that they'll call that goodwill. And it's very difficult for somebody who's running the business and doesn't have a trained eye towards valuing business to put a true valuation on that. So that's why we see those standard deviations so off the, off the map when business owners value their business themselves, because they have a very difficult time 
valuing those types of things themselves. How much does the age of the owner factor into this whole income replacement evaluation method and planning and timing? Well, it really doesn't factor into the calculation of what the income replacement value is. Where age factors in is the time horizon that an advisor has to make up the gap, <laughs> right? Because, and that's exactly why we don't recommend when a business owner decides 12 months, in 12 months, they're ready to exit. <laughs> that's, that's too late, right? Because now you only have a very short runway um, to make up the gap or grow the value of the business or whatever you need to do um, to make up that gap. So age really comes into factor when that's, and that's why we say the sooner you can do this out analysis, the better, because you want those five to seven years, as we talked about, so that you can really prepare yourself uh, personally, financially, and, and the business as well um, to meet that, that need. But the, the age won't impact what the, what the, the, financial, uh, the income replacement value is. Now I, I I saw this um, this statistic from the 2017 uh, Exit Planning Institute survey, where the 72 percent apparently of business owners don't believe that exit will impact their lifestyle. I wasn't really sure wh- wh- what that meant. Can you, ex- you know, explain a little bit further? You know, what that what that's about? Yeah, I mean, I can I can know I've seen that statistic as well, and, and I've used it because I think it's 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 a frightening statistic. <laughs> yeah, it uh, is, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't do the study, so I can I can only you know I can only assume what I think it's getting at. Right. Um, but I I think I think what that tells us about the mindset of the business owner is that, um, you know, they don't really truly understand the correlation between exit strategy and retirement income. I also think it 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 also it also stresses the notion that. Um, the business is going to, to to really be able to afford that lifestyle. They're not they're not understanding that you know you, you may not have a windfall of offers when you put the business up for sale. Your children may not be willing to pay you a salary in perpetuity, right? right. I, I think I think there's just a lack of of understanding, and there's a and maybe there's an overestimation of the role these things are going to play. Um, and and, and we we've, we've also seen too that when business owners. So there's six ways to exit a business. Three of them are internal and three of them are external. And when a business owner has an internal strategy, one of the internal strategies, they're more likely to say that it's not going to impact their lifestyle. Right. Usually the business owners that want to sell or do some sort of external exit, exit strategy are a little bit more, um, you know, they're, they're a little bit more realistic about um, how it's going to impact the future. And, that, and, and that's because, and, and the internal is typically family. And I think family always thinks family is going to take care of family. And, and I know this is probably for a whole other podcast, Nana, and then I'll stop. Yeah. A very important question that business owners should ask themselves when they're family owned is, are you a family first business or are you a business first family? And how you answer that question um, will provide a lot of insight into how you view things like what we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know we we kind of run it we run out of time. So, um, so um, the the last thing was as speaking of statistics and and obviously I mean I think we've made the case why the income replacement value is so is so critical to, to know is there was this thing about you know the Exit Planning Institute again had this survey where you I believe you mentioned it at the beginning of the of the podcast of the episode where thirty um, percent of businesses that are put in the market actually transact and out of it, I believe only 16% are actually sold. So out of like 250,000, you, you had mentioned before that there was like 15,000 out of 250,000 are actually going to actually sell or somehow change hands. Um, that's pretty 
shocking. And, and I just want to tie that in into if folks want to be part of that 15,000, at least expand that 15,000 uh, pie, uh, how does that, you know, how does knowing the income replacement value, you know, spread them to action so that they give themselves a better chance of uh, being on the right side of the statistic? Yeah, and I think the statistic is 30,000 30, will transact, and of that 30, only half will transact at the price and terms that the business owner was expecting. The other half will have to make concessions of some sort. Um, really, really what it boils down to is, is building a business that's transferable. Uh, you know, I think a lot of business owners, unfortunately, haven't built an asset that, that's sellable, that's, that's transferable. Um, and when the time comes to exit, they realize that either, you know, they're not going to be able to, to, to sell the business um, or they're going to sell it at a cost or terms that, that were in, in a manner that they haven't prepared for. So I guess the takeaway here is that business owners need to look at their business as an asset and they need to, to, to continue to drive value to that by looking at those intangible assets by understanding value and the value drivers that exist in the business and constantly working at making those things better. So that when the time comes to sell the business, transfer the business, gift the business, whatever the strategy is, they've created something that is transferable so that the next generation, the next ownership team can take it and run it just as successfully as the, as the current owners did. And you know, we always say that you know, business owners that focus on income are okay for today. But business owners that focus on enterprise value are okay today and tomorrow. And that really needs to be um, how business owners look at, look at their business. Yep. So that's, that's a very good mindset shift. You know, you know, focus less on just income and more on value. And the income and the future would take care of itself. Absolutely. Great. Great. Great words of advice. And thanks again. This was exciting. It went by kind of fast. Um, how can, um, if owners want to, you know, get in touch with you or follow your work, uh, how can they do that? Yeah. So, so we're proud at Mass Mutual to be able to support business owners in this area. Um, you know, we have advisors all over the country. Um, if anybody's interested in, in talking to a Mass Mutual financial professional about this topic or any business protection topic, um, you know, visit our website, massmutual.com, find a financial professional, Tell them you saw me, um, <laughs> and uh, and and we and we'd love to work with you and 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 continue these these very important conversations to help protect business owners and their families. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for you know, looking out for business owners. Um, so again, um, thanks again for people uh, you know tuning in. Uh, you know, we'll be doing a future episode on how to you know once you know your income replacement value, how you de-risk it. So Brian has been um, kind enough to. Um, to come back for a future episode. So look forward to having that additional conversation um, in a series with actually with Brian. Um, so um, you can continue the conversation on our, our Facebook page, uh, Build Value by Choice. And uh, you can also look me up on LinkedIn uh, or send me an email at nbonso at Till next time, bye-bye.